Hey there, Walt here from Walt in PA, and I'd like to welcome you to episode 11 of the Motorcycle Adjacent Podcast. We are flying without a net in this episode. I'm sitting out here in this cold ass shed. It is about 35 degrees. I've got a hot cup of tea that I don't expect to be hot for very long, and uh, I'm just kind of winging it. I've been dreading this episode all week, not because I don't enjoy doing the show, but just because I knew it was going to be rather uncomfortable. And uh, I still haven't made any final decisions on on how I'm going to make this this space relatively warm. And I really don't want to have to uh, go into the house and try to keep the kids quiet for you know, an hour while I record this thing. So we're we're gonna trudge right along. It's probably going to be a quicker episode, mostly because I just want to get back in the warm house. So let's get to it. All right, to start off this episode, I want to give you kind of an update on all things Walt NPA. I know I like to throw these in every once in a while. Hopefully you don't find them very boring. But I I like them because, it, I don't know, it makes me feel a little connected to the audience, how I let them know that, you know, this is kind of the trajectory that we're on. If you're interested, you know, you can kind of hang out and, and, and go along for the ride with me. So I like to do these little podcast updates, uh, YouTube channel updates, and just you know, keep you in the loop if you're interested. So, um, I guess it was a couple weeks ago, uh, very, actually it would have been the end of November. Uh, it was a Black Friday sale. I decided to purchase an, an online course that I had, I had been looking at for quite some time now. Uh, it's called, what is it called? It's called <laughs> Project 24. It is a system that's been around for a little while now. I first discovered it, or I first learned about it, it was probably well over a year ago. Uh, I read a book called Work Energy by, I don't remember if it's Jim Harner or Jim Harper. Uh, pretty interesting guy. He wrote uh, an interesting book about his experience with online sales and this journey he had where he 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 launched a photography website and then was doing kind of the tutorials and tips and things like that. And then he sold an, an e-course of some sort on Black Friday and made like an obscene amount of money in a single day, I think made like over $100,000. And it kind of opened his eyes to the ability to make make a living online. So, you know, I read this book, I was pretty interested in it. Uh, I followed along with the in- Income School blog and website for a bit, uh, followed along with the YouTube channel for a while. Then Nate came along from Channel Makers, and I started watching that. It's all, it's all under the, the Income School umbrella. And I thought, you know, it would be really cool to to do this Project 24 thing that they're they're talking about. It seems like an interesting course. Um, you know, I've read lots of reviews over the last you know, year or so, and everyone seems to, to really like this thing and get lots of benefits out of it. So... When uh, Black Friday rolled around and they announced the sale, and they they weren't doing a big percentage off or anything like that, I think they may have knocked fifty bucks off the annual price. Um, I took a hard look at it and I decided, you know what, I've got a little extra money. I want to invest it in myself. I want to invest it in my my brand and, and uh, get some information. You know, get some help on on uh, developing the YouTube channel. I also wanted to pivot my website. I've had this uh, waltnpa.com for over a decade and it's been just a a mix of different stuff and I wanted to refocus it and use it as supplemental information for my YouTube channel, my podcast and and create a way of 
I don't know, kind of advertising and, and producing additional content. So I finally pulled the trigger. I joined uh, Project 24. I've been slowly working my way through the blogging course, which I'm going to do first. They recommend that you pick one and and kind of stick with it until you get it. And then you can expand and you know, start taking on you know additional courses because they, they, do, uh, they do blogging, they do... YouTube, they do, I believe it's like email marketing, um, affiliate sales, there's a, a bunch of other stuff. So I thought I would start simple since I, I have a blog and I used to enjoy writing quite a bit that uh, I would kind of start there. And that's kind of the, the, the way things are going. I, I've done a lot of changes on waltnpa.com, kind of changing the focus of it. All of my old stuff is still there. I'm just not, uh, it's not prevalent anymore. It's, uh, the, the focus has become motorcycles and that's what it will be driving forward as I produce motorcycle content and effectively uh, YouTube videos to supplement that content. So uh, everything kind of goes hand in hand with the, you know, the master plan here and we're going to tie everything in with the podcast as well. So if you've got a minute, head on over to waltnpa.com. Check out some of the motorcycle content that I have there and let me know what you think. You know, on a similar note, it's it's worth noting that I am incredibly jealous of John over at Road Reality. I talked about his channel in the last episode. I've had my eye on this on this vlogging camera for a while now. It's a Sony, I believe it's a Sony ZV-1. And it's a, it's a little point-and-shoot camera, but it's really popular with bloggers on a budget. So if you don't want to spend big money on... Or if you don't want to spend a thousand dollars plus on a a mirrorless camera with detachable lenses, you know, like these little point and shoot things are are kind of the way to go. Um, and I've been I've had my eye on this camera for a little while now, but it, but at like seven hundred bucks, I haven't been able to justify spending the money, especially not after I just dropped like three hundred fifty bucks on this course. So, you know, I've. I've been wanting it because right now I'm recording this whole thing on a combination of MacBook with a, I don't even know what brand mic this is, and uh, an older uh, DJI DJI Osmo Action to pick up the the footage. And you know it doesn't it's it's an action camera so it doesn't have depth of field. Um, it's got some other shortcomings, and I've just wanted to to upgrade to you know something more appropriate for for vlogging or, or for, you know, video podcasting, this sort of thing. Uh, but again, haven't been able to pull the trigger. And then out of nowhere, John posts a video today, basically showing off his brand new shiny camera. It looks really cool. It sounds like it's got loads and loads of functions. I am definitely jealous. I definitely want one, but, uh, I think I might have to wait at least until after Christmas. Maybe I can justify, a. Dropping some uh, some money on a on a new camera. It's gonna be a hard sell with the wife, but we'll see how it goes. So if you're watching the video feed of this podcast, you can see that it's really dark behind me, which means that there's no light streaming in the windows. And the sad part is it's a little after 6 p.m. It is pitch black outside. It's cold. Winter is here. Uh, the riding season is almost over. Uh, you know, for me. My goal is to ride until Christmas. Uh, I feel like if I can at least get on the bike semi-regularly until Christmas, I, I, I had a really good season. Like I feel like it's uh, like I like I got my almost like I got my money's worth out of the riding season. And then 
January and February are a complete and utter crapshoot. So last year, I think I was riding... So I always get confused. Last year, I rode one month but not the other. The year before that, I rode the the opposite month. So let's just say two years ago, I was able to ride in January, rode zero in February. Last year, I rode zero in January, rode some in February. Um, it's just been that kind of thing. We We get cold snaps, we get snow, we get ice... We get salted roads, and it makes getting out and riding really difficult in January, February. Once we get into March, the weather starts to taper off. It's still cold, still blustery, but it's doable. And uh, so basically, my, my goal each year is to ride up until Christmas and then squeeze in any possible rides between then and, let's say, mid-March, back when, when things start to kind of return back to some sort of normalcy. So uh, there hasn't been a whole lot of riding going on in the past two weeks or since I recorded the last episode. Uh, I really haven't done much in the way of riding. Uh, I rode to work once for a, an unscheduled or for an unexpected insurance meeting because, like every other business, they uh, change insurance providers every year to keep costs down. So there was uh, a meeting for that that I had to go go in for. Uh, the weather was mild; it was mid forties. So I decided to take the bike and wound up being a, a nice ride in. A little chilly, but all in all, nice ride. So a few days after that ride into work, I think I may have gotten out for another hour, just a short ride around the area. You know, nothing really long, ex- nothing extravagant. And then was, uh, what day was it? I had a an unexpected free day of riding. Um, my wife had... Some schedule changes. I reached out to the guys in Discord to see if they were up for a a cold weather ride. Everyone had some stuff going on, so I wound up going out by myself. And the plan was to to do this little out and back route that I do. So as opposed to loop where you kind of start at one, do this big circle, and then eventually come home. Uh, There's this one road that I like to ride. Basically, I I go out, I turn around, and I come back. (laughs) It's pretty much the best way to explain it. Uh, it's this, this road called Huff's Church Road, not far from home. And at one end, it starts in like Bally, and the other end is all the way out in Fleetwood, I believe. It's a nice, fairly long ride. Well, it, in terms of like getting out for an hour, hour and 15 minutes, like it's a, it's a really nice ride. I, I really enjoy the road, assuming that it hasn't been freshly oil and chipped, which that did take place. Not this year, but last year. Uh, so it was just no fun at all for several weeks. But otherwise, it's a nice road with some nice twisty sections. It is not very technical. It's not a very trafficked road. So it's just a, a fun. It's just a fun road that I enjoy being on. The only thing you have to worry about though is deer. There are, uh, there are a lot of fields and farms along there. So just keep your eyes peeled for deer if you ever find yourself on Huff's Church Road. So anyway, that was the plan. I hopped on the Kawasaki Ninja 400. I looked at the gas gauge and I saw that I had like half a tank. And I thought, well, I don't really, I'm I'm not planning on going all that far. I'm not going to waste time running down to the gas station. Maybe I'll swing by and get gas on the way home. So I go out and I wound up taking the back way over to Huff's Church Road, which 
led me past uh, the Douglas Township one-room schoolhouse, which I did a video on a while back. Um, I stopped mostly just to get a picture of the ninja in front of the old schoolhouse. I went from there over to this place called Padre Pio. It is a it's a religious site, and Padre Pio, you know the head guy, it, you know the, the the place that the person that this whole thing is kind of centralized around. Um, had stigmata. The place is actually on the roadside attractions website as uh, you can see Padre Pio's bloody glove. I've never actually been in the place, but it's a pretty big place. Um, I just kind of rode in and around, kind of looked at statues. So eventually I make my way over to Huff's Church Road. I take a picture, a couple of pictures in front of Huff's Church and I start making my way down towards Fleetwood. As I'm getting down Fleetwood, uh, I decide that I want to ride some more. It's it's not super cold. I'm pretty comfortable, and I'm just not ready to turn around and go home. So I decided to detour. Bef right before the end of the road, I turned off, and I decided to head out towards Kutztown. And my plan was to go to this little place called Four Monkeys Coffee. They're a coffee roaster or a coffee shop in Kutztown, like in the college town. And just a cool place. I hear that the owner is big into motorcycles. I've never actually met him. Uh, and I thought, well, maybe this would be a good opportunity to bump into him. Maybe uh, I'll pick up some coffee for to bring home because I had my backpack on me. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get a cup of coffee while I'm there to warm up. It's, it'll be a nice little stop along the way. So I make my way over to Four Monkeys. I'm just about to pull into the parking lot, and I'm looking at the building, and it looks like there's some paper or something up over the front door, and the lights don't appear to be on. So rather than pull in and walk up to the door to see that they were closed, I just kept on going. Uh, I took Route 737 out a little ways, out past Kutztown. We wound up, or I wound up, getting to this one point in the road where it splits, 737 bears to the right and then there's this other road that goes to the left every time i've been down there i always go to the left it's where a lot it takes you out towards um hawk mountain and route 145 and whatnot so when i got to that split i thought well that takes me out a ways this 737 i think will take me up into crumbsville and eventually i can pick up 145 down 662 you know back towards home so i i went right and then I was on that road for a little while. It started getting colder. I'm watching my gas gauge begin to drop. And I thought, well, I don't know how far out 145 kicks in. Like, I don't know where I'm going to start recognizing things. So I decide, oh, I'll just turn on this road. This looks kind of sort of familiar. And I will take that for a while. So I turn on this road, and I'm, I'm riding for a little while. And I'm watching my gas gauge dip down a little bit more. So I decide, all right, I am going to pull over and I, I need to be rescued by the GPS. I'll get the I'll get my phone out of my pocket. I'll turn on my Cena and then I'll just set up turn by turn directions for the route home. So I park on this hill. So I, I park on the hill. I get off the bike, get the phone out of my pocket, uh, plug in the my home address into the GPS, get everything set up, hop back on the bike. And just before I pull off, I realized that the gas gauge is blinking at me. And I thought, well, shit, I don't know how far I can get on 
on reserve on this bike. I've never actually let, let it get this far. So I, I ride up the hill. As I crest the hill and things settle back out again, the gas gauge returns back to like two bars. So I thought, okay, it was just parked on the hill. That's, that's all it was. Nothing to worry about. So I'm riding a little while, and then two bars turns into one bar. And then I I had the the the, uh, the range at a, instead of an odometer. So I'm looking at like one bar, and it says I can go like 45 miles, 50 miles, something like that. So I'm not overly concerned. I'm I'm sure that I can get home with 45 miles left in the tank. But you know, back in my mind, I'm a little, I'm a little worried, you know, about the gas. I know that if I see a gas station, I'm going to stop and get gas. So I'm riding along a little bit longer, and then next thing you know, I have no bars left. Now the gas gauge is flashing at me, but it says I've got like 35 miles left of range. Okay, still nothing to worry about. 35 miles will definitely get me to a gas station. Nothing to panic over. So I'm, I'm going a little bit further. I'm starting to get closer to home. I'm I'm using uh, Calimoto, the GPS app, or the motorcycle app. I have it set up for twisty roads. So not only is it keeping me off of main roads, but it is taking me down some backcountry roads. Look, there, there, I don't see any businesses, let alone gas stations, anywhere near me. And uh, it, it almost feels like the app is leading me further and further away to loop me back around, all in the in the hopes of keeping me on these twisty roads. It's exactly what the app is supposed to do, but it's a little nerve wracking when you know you're 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 quickly running out of gas. So finally, I get to the point where I know where I am. I know that I'm not I'm I'm not far from home, but I'm like it's it's not like a mile down the road either. And then the uh, the range on my display blanks out. Now it's just showing me a line. My gas gauge is flashing at me. It won't tell me how much range I have left. And now I'm starting to worry because I've got a decision to make. I've got a couple of miles to go before I get back towards civilization. And then once I get there, I basically have three options. I can make a right. And I can go several miles down the road to a gas station in this little town of Oli. And I'll be going away from home, but I know there's a gas station down there. My other option is to go straight through the intersection. Several miles down the road, eventually it will lead me out to Route 662 where there's a gas station kind of on the corner. Or also out of the way. Or I can make a left and head back towards Boyertown. Probably the longest stretch to get to a gas station, but it's headed back in the direction of home. So I kind of weigh my options, and I make a left. And I'm cruising along down Route 73, doing 55, 60 miles an hour, in sixth gear, trying to just let the thing sip on the gas as little as possible. And then I'm getting angry at cars that are seem to be slowing down for no reason, so I'm on and off the throttle. Oh, man. The whole time... You know, I've got the gas gauge flashing at me. I'm not seeing anything on the display for range. I'm 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 legitimately worried because at that point I've gone. I had ridden over 10 miles since the the display disappeared. I had no idea how accurate that thing is. I've never had the gas gauge down that low, and I 
genuinely, legitimately thought that I was going to be calling my wife from the side of the road, asking her to bring me a gas can. I was convinced. Um, it was just, it was a long way to get to the gas station, and I didn't think I had much of anything left in the tank. Fortunately, I did make it to the gas station. I was, I was able to get there. The bike never shut off. The bike never sputtered. I pull into the uh, up to the gas pump, huge sigh of relief, get everything turned off, and I start pumping. So the Ninja, I believe, has a 3.7-gallon fuel tank. It took like 3.25 gallons or something like that. So in theory, I had roughly a half a gallon of gas left in the tank. And being conservative, let's just say that bike gets 50 miles per gallon. It gets better than that. But depending on how heavy-handed you are with a throttle, it really messes up your fuel consumption. So let's just say 50 miles per gallon. In theory, I had maybe another 25 miles left in the tank, which, which I guess kind of sort of would have been right when the when the the range indicator shut off so yeah i mean there was nothing to worry about but that didn't stop me from being absolutely panicked thinking that i was going to be calling my wife to rescue me um you know one interesting thing about this whole scenario is that i usually keep so the the ninja 400 is 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 pretty basic it's uh doesn't have a lot of frills so it has an odometer, it has trip meters and stuff. Instead of using the odometer, I set it on fuel economy. Um, so, you know, I'll, every time I fill it up with gas, I'll reset the trip meter so that I can see how much gas I'm using per fill up or, or how many miles I'm going until I fill up. And usually I leave it on the fuel consumption just so I can get a rough idea of how hard I'm being on the, on the throttle. And there's this little tiny little icon that pops up in the bottom right hand when you're in like economical driving situations or scenarios. So, you know, when when the gas gauge is starting to dip, you can just be gentle on the throttle and this little icon will pop up to let you know that you're you're, you're using your fuel efficiently. When the, the range estimation went off, so did that indicator. So it would have been nice if that thing would at least have lit up to let me know when I was using fuel efficiently. Not that I wasn't because of how much I was babying the bike getting back to the gas station, but still, it would have been nice to have that uh, that little indicator. It would also would have been nice to have a count up. I know my, my Honda CB650, when I would get that thing below, you know, the... the, the bottom fuel level when I hit you know reserve it would start counting up mileage to let me know how many miles I'd gone since I'd entered reserve I don't know that I've ever let the Yamaha get that far I know usually I get gas when the when the gas light comes on but I can't remember what happens if you continue to ride after that I don't remember whether it starts counting up miles or not Uh, I don't know whether the Ninja did that because I had the the fuel economy or the fuel range setting on maybe if i had the odometer setting or a trip meter on it would have started counting up the miles but i was uh i didn't even think of that when i was riding along i was just like oh my god this i don't have range anymore and the gas gauge is blinking at me what am i gonna do i made it though 
It was nerve-wracking, but it was fun. It uh, taught me a little bit about my bike. Now I know that uh, I know that I can go 160 or so miles and not completely run out of gas. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this one. I want to thank you very, very much for joining me on episode 11 of the Motorcycle Adjacent Podcast. Also, don't forget to check me out on YouTube as WaltNPA and uh, my blog as well. It's WaltNPA.com. I'm on the usual social media sites. I've got a Facebook page for Walt and PA. I've got an Instagram account that I don't really use all that much. Um, I've got a TikTok account, which don't really use all that much. But again, I'm out there. If you're, if you're on those social services and you want to connect, please feel free to do so. Send me a friend request. Yeah, so that's going to do it. <laughs> Again, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. And uh, until next time, ride safe, and I will catch you in the next one.